Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about the Gravel Institute, an organization that describes itself as, quote, fighting PragerU from the left on its own turf with short videos spreading progressive ideas. A lot of you have probably seen PragerU videos or at the very least heard of them. And basically, PragerU is an organization, they're a nonprofit that publishes videos that tend toward conservative or classical liberal ideas. PragerU's videos cover all sorts of different social and political issues, things like the education system, the economy, healthcare, immigration. And in each PragerU video, there is a different presenter, usually with some sort of following of their own. And not to brag or anything, but I actually have presented my own PragerU video on marriage, by the way, so you should check it out if you haven't seen it yet. So yeah, I mean, I'm clearly a fan of PragerU. I think their videos are very well done, very well produced, and they are very popular. So much so, actually, that now we have an entire organization dedicated to combating them from the left. And on that note, actually, let's hear more about what the Gravel Institute has to say about their apparent arch nemesis, PragerU. This is H. John Benjamin. I'm here to talk to you about a big problem on the internet. It's called people emailing my wife. No, it's called PragerU. Imagine a huge stream of lies that pours into every computer in America. Imagine it's disguised to look unbiased and packaged into slick videos. And imagine oil billionaires give them tens of millions each year to indoctrinate your friends, your family. Well, that's PragerU. And the thing is, it works. First off, as a fan of the show Archer, it makes me very sad to see H. John Benjamin take part in such a terrible smear campaign against PragerU. And I know that since I cover celebrities and politics all the time, I, of all people, should be used to celebrities disappointing me with their opinions, but, but still... This one hurt. But regarding what the video had to say about PragerU though, we hear all the time from the left that PragerU lies. They just straight up do not tell the truth. This is exactly the same sort of thing that Samantha B said about PragerU when her show took a shot at them. And look, I have no problem saying that no, I haven't agreed with every single PragerU video I've ever seen. And if you're someone who is progressive or just generally on the left, I can very easily imagine all of the disagreements you would have with PragerU. But for for all of the allegations I've heard of them lying, of PragerU just not telling the truth, I have seen zero evidence to back that up. I haven't really seen anybody be able to point to a specific video and a specific statement to say, hey, this is not true, this is factually inaccurate, and here's why. And I love the irony, by the way, of the side with George Soros and all of academia in the palm of their hands accusing others of being funded by billionaires to indoctrinate people. And once again, really, it seems like this particular group's only real tangible issue with PragerU is that they are effective in promoting right-wing ideas. One out of every three Americans online has seen one of their videos, and 70% say that Prager's videos changed their minds. This stuff makes a difference, and every day it is pulling people toward the right. Pulling people toward the right. Ooh, how scary. I love the dramatic music behind all of this. You'd think he was discussing the spread of white supremacy or something instead of just lower taxes, smaller government. This just goes to show how terrified the left is of right-wing ideas because deep down, I think they know that if the public discourse was actually free and open, right-wing ideas would be dominating. But the progressives, of course, can't have that, so instead they do things like bully conservatives into silence. They strong-arm their way into academia and corporate culture. And now they're trying to fear-monger over 
harmless videos that have grown an organic audience because people are just interested in what their presenters have to say. And I have more to rant about, trust me, but first, I need a quick minute of your time to talk about ladies' underwear. Do I have your attention? Well, good. Girls, I'm just gonna say it, bras are not comfortable, all right? At the end of a long day, what is the first thing you do? You unhook your bra. But thanks to Tommy John, bras no longer need to be breast prisons. They can actually be something you feel comfortable in, and that is why Tommy John does not have customers, they have converts. Their bras and bralettes never dig or slip with twice the adjustability of competing brands and the softest second skin fabric. They're the perfect blend of comfort and support. And Tommy John bras are so comfortable, they can barely keep their bestsellers in stock. So go to tommyjohn.com slash Lauren to check out their collection of bras and bralettes for yourself. These bras are so comfortable. I was actually able to take a nap wearing one, which is something I never thought would be possible. And Tommy John understands that the only way to know if a bra works is to try it on. So shipping and returns are free with them. Order them all, try them on, keep what you love and send the rest back. There is no risk to try. And if you're not in love with them, they'll make it right. So go to tommyjohn.com slash Lauren to save 15% on your first order. Again, save 15% right now at tommyjohn.com slash Lauren. One more time, that is tommyjohn.com slash Lauren. Get yourself some comfortable bras and support the show all in one step. There's no way to lose. At the Gravel Institute, we're building something to beat them at their own game. Short, high quality, easy to understand videos, presenting leftist ideas and refuting right-wing lies. One of the biggest issues I have with the Gravel Institute just right off the bat is that they're currently painting themselves as simply the left-wing alternative to PragerU. But saying that the Gravel Institute is just PragerU on the left would be like saying that neo-Nazis are just Democrats on the right, in that it's a totally false comparison. PragerU presents mainstream conservative ideas as well as just classically liberal centrist ideas. In fact, some of their presenters are actually liberals. In contrast to that though, from everything I've seen, the people at the Gravel Institute are literal socialists. Don't believe me? Well, let's check the receipts. Heading over to their profile, we immediately see that about this week's presidential debate, they believe that, quote, Bernie would have won. In response to an accurate PragerU post stating that Marxism, wherever it's been tried, many people died. They retweeted a post by one of their presenters, who we'll get to in a second, saying, I have some bad news to break about capitalism. This group is explicitly anti-capitalism. And I know the Overton window keeps shifting left, but if you ask me, that is still an extremist and fringe position to have. They've also gone on to say that democracy without socialism is a joke. And the way to get young people to vote isn't doing dances on TikTok. It's free college, Medicare for all, and a Green New Deal. Yes, young people like free crap. This isn't news to anybody. So don't be fooled by the Gravel Institute trying to paint themselves as the anti-PragerU. They are not just liberals, they are not just Democrats, heck, they're not even just progressives, they are flat-out socialists. Let's move on now, though, to the Gravel's Institute first PragerU-style five-minute video. The presenter of this video is an activist by the name of Brianna Joy Gray, who is probably best known for being part of Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign this past year and for being, you guessed it, a self-avowed socialist. This past April, after leaving the campaign, she tweeted out, on the plus side, I can drop the democratic from my tweets about why socialism is good, winky smiley face. Obviously, none of these Bernie Sanders people have anyone fooled with this whole democratic socialism shtick they have going on, but still, it is interesting to see them just fully pull off the mask and admit, 
yeah, I want to redistribute your crap. And with that kind of background, it should come as no surprise that the topic Gray chose to do her Gravel Institute video on is why big government is good, actually. Let's watch. Sure, the US government is big, but not as big as it used to be. As a percentage of the economy, federal spending is smaller now than it was in 1954. So this video starts off trying to convince you that big government is good, actually, by asserting that government now isn't even all that big to begin with. And even though they're not technically lying in this segment, it is one of the best examples of misinformation I have ever seen. Gray says that the federal government actually isn't as big as it used to be, pointing to a specific figure in 1954. So if the government isn't as big as it used to be, then clearly that must mean that the government is actually getting smaller all the time, not bigger all the time like those lying conservatives like to say, right? Wrong! This is totally wrong, and I'm gonna use the same source the Gravel Institute does to prove it. As you can see on this graph found at usgovernmentspending.com, starting in the year 1900, US government spending was very, very low, but then it understandably peaked during World War I. It went back down again, then gradually started rising in the late 1930s, eventually peaking again and dwarfing any previous spending at the height of World War II. After the war was over, spending fell down again, but it had a slight resurgence in the 50s, i.e. the year that the Gravel Institute conveniently chooses to compare present-day spending to. So yes, technically it is true that there are points in history in the past where US government spending was more than it is today, but that doesn't change the fact that the overall trend throughout the past century of government spending is that it gradually increases. Just look at the graph for yourself, government spending always gets bigger and it rarely if ever gets smaller. And that's the trend with state government, federal government, local government, you name it. And besides, that data measures government spending as a percentage of GDP, meaning that if the economy is growing, then government spending can also grow without the government spending figure actually changing. even though spending is increasing. I personally think that is a terrible way to measure or validate the size of government. I mean, just because your economy is bigger, why does that have to mean that your government is spending more? It doesn't. And using this type of measurement hides increases in government spending if they happen to occur at the same time as economic growth. And the US spends less on government than other countries like Germany or Finland that have lower rates of poverty and higher rates of economic mobility. The American dream is more alive in these big government countries than in America. There are a lot of differences between the US, Germany, and Finland. But if you ask a socialist why it is that Germany and Finland perform better than the US in certain metrics, they'll say it's because the government is bigger and the taxes are higher. That is the answer to prosperity. Is that right though? Are higher taxes and big government really the answer to Germany and Finland's success? It couldn't possibly be because they have overwhelmingly homogenous populations right? Populations that, by the way, also have a higher average IQ and narrower distribution than the US does. If it was true that you could just big government and tax any population into happiness and success, then the story of the Soviet Union would be very different. And before I go any further talking about left-wing indoctrination, I actually have a way that you can combat this indoctrination, at least as far as your own kids are concerned, and that is our sponsor, Laurel Springs. So a lot of you have probably tried your hand at homeschooling this year, and odds are you probably liked it, but you, you may be needing some help, and that is where Laurel Springs comes in. With nearly 30 years of experience in distance education, Laurel 
Laurel Springs is the expert in online learning. From kindergarten through 12th grade and beyond, Laurel Springs student-centered experience is a framework for each learner's path and pace. In addition, Laurel Springs offers specialized programs for academically driven students desiring advanced and accelerated instruction through its academy at Laurel Springs, as well as postgraduate courses for those seeking an enriching gap year experience. And since Laurel Springs is fully accredited, their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. We talk often on this show about how indoctrination has seeped into education. Don't let your kid fall to that. And brainwashing aside, you want to make sure that your child is getting an education that fits their needs and their strengths. Laurel Springs is the way to do that. So take control of your child's education. Enroll today at laurelsprings.com lauren and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com lauren for a waived registration fee. Again, laurelsprings.com lauren. Now back to the Gravel Institute. The reason it feels like our politicians don't work for us is because, well, they don't. Republicans and Democrats alike are working for the people who line their wallets instead. That's not just my politics. That's the academic consensus. Okay, so I don't actually disagree with what Gray is saying here. I do think that politicians, by and large, are in it for themselves. They're in it to make money, and they're in it to stay in power. And I think that governments the world over cater way too much to special interests. But the thing is, that's just the nature of government, which is why conservatives like myself want government to be as small as possible so that people can't take advantage of it. And I've just never understood how people like Gray can acknowledge how corrupt government is, yet at the same time lobby to make it bigger and to give them more power. I think they're under the naive assumption that government and government workers can just be this benevolent force in it for the good of humanity, but that's not realistic. It seems like no matter how many times the socialists and the communists get it wrong, they always think that no, no, if they just try again, if they just put different people in power, this time, this time it could be different. But it's like, guys, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me, it's gotta be at least seven or eight times now with failed communist regimes, shame on me. In the 1950s, when the economy was growing faster than ever, the richest people in the country paid an income tax of 91%. The corporate income tax was above 50%. But after decades of tax cuts for the rich, the 400 richest Americans pay a lower tax rate than the bottom 10%. Now, this part of the video is just blatantly untrue. Despite what progressives might keep saying, it's just not the reality that the poor and working class out there are paying more in taxes than the wealthy. And since I'm no tax expert, allow me to share this piece from the Heritage Foundation. It says that, quote, using data from a new book by Berkeley economists Emmanuel Zays and Gabriel Zuckman, i.e. the people the Gravel Institute cite, the Times claims that the tax rate on the highest income Americans was 23% in 2018, falling below the tax rates of all other income groups. To get this result, they had to cook the books, systematically inflating the income of the richest Americans without also increasing taxes and leaving out important transfer programs for poor Americans, such as the Earned Income Tax Credit, which can more than offset the cost of the payroll tax for some with low incomes. The most recent IRS data from 2016 shows that the top 10% of income earners pay almost 70% of federal income taxes. Additionally, looking at all federal taxes, the Congressional Budget Office shows that the top 1% pay an average federal tax rate of 33.3%. The data also shows tax rates decline with income, and the poorest 20% of the population pays an average tax rate of just 1.7%. If you think taxes on the working class are just too dang high, then 
I'm right there with you because I think taxes on everything and everyone are too dang high. But don't start pushing this BS narrative about how poor people pay more in taxes than the rich do because that is just not true. While American workers have become dramatically more productive, their wages have stagnated or fallen. The average hourly wage was higher in 1974 than it was in 2018. This has led to a stark gap in qualities of life. I always find it funny when socialists try to blame stagnant wages on capitalism because it, it really does just go to show how little they know about economics, which I mean, we, we already could have guessed based on them being socialists. Like any other commodity, labor, especially low-skilled and hourly labor, is subject to the law of supply and demand. And although socialists might not like to hear it, capitalism isn't to blame for stagnant wages. It's immigration. For example, if I'm a makeup artist and I'm the only makeup artist in town, I can pretty much charge whatever I want to do other people's makeup because they don't have any alternatives to go to. But then say over the next couple of years, scores and scores of other makeup artists start moving into town and taking on jobs. Now all of a sudden, the amount that I'm able to charge people to do their makeup drops dramatically because the supply of makeup artists has increased. This is exactly what mass migration, specifically mass low skilled migration is doing to low-skilled laborers in America and so many other Western countries. And if we want this to stop, the answer isn't to dismantle capitalism, it's to have some freaking border controls, some immigration restrictions. That's pretty much all I have to say for now though, and as always, I would love to know what you all think. Do you think the Gravel Institute will be successful in combating PragerU, and why do you think they are so, so scared of short conservative videos? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Time.